Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to invite out a couple friends this morning. We're going to have just a little time. Uh, you get to hear from Andy and Sylvia Tossig. Would you give it up for Andy and Sylvia? So grateful. You know, we've been in this series called Live the Values, and we've been kind of sharing testimonies throughout this uh, on certain weeks. And today we were talking about courageous faith, and we were like, who in the world has courageous faith in our church? And we thought of Andy and Sylvia, of course. I mean, they're like, uh, yeah, maybe not. But we think, we think actually you guys have a testimony and a story to share that can be encouraging to us. And uh, and, you know, we're, we're, so we just thought we'd have a conversation today and then allow you guys to just share a little bit of your story. I mean, we've been talking about how there's so much that we could talk about, but if we're going to focus in on courageous faith this morning, like, what could be the thing that you could share? And so let's just start really simple. And I would just love to hear, I mean, help us get started in this topic today. What is courageous faith? How would you guys even describe it? How would you define it? I know you guys have been giving this some thought this week. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this but, is Andy. Uh, uh, cor- courageous faith. I, you know, I kind of, as the definition, you know, I've asked a few people about that, what it means to them. But uh, uh, to me, it means it's, maybe it's something dangerous. Uh, mm. Maybe it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's also, it's something I can't do on my own. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I can't do it. And it's also going to bring glory to God. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I guess that's, that's what, how I would start that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great way to start it. And so part of the reason, you know, we asked you to come and both of you to share is because we're just, I'm aware of your story a little bit. We've known each other for a while. And I know that you've had periods in your life where you had, you had to make courageous kind of faith decisions uh, that God put in front of you. And maybe it's taken a bold step, but I know it's a series of events that led to it, but there's, why don't you just talk a little bit about how courageous faith is kind of, there's been that, those moments in your life and even how God's worked through that uh, decision of those moments that you're going to share about. Yeah. Well, yeah, there have been a lot of things, but uh, one big one was when we, uh, both Sylvia and I, we quit our jobs. <laughs> we quit our jobs to go work for this Christian organization that had a big vision and their vision was to raise children who transform nations, children, orphans. And they were doing this in five different countries. And that sounded, wow, that actually sounded really exciting. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> there was a big but in there. Okay. And um, <laughs> I'm glad you got that. Um, the deal was it didn't pay any money, not the way it normally does. Okay, yeah. there was no salary. Yeah. Okay, okay. so, okay, so you've got a, a family, part. you're the provider, and... Um, there was, we had to raise our own support, and I really didn't know how to do that. And uh, I didn't know how, but I know who was going to help me. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to just back up a few steps and just say 10 years earlier, I came into a new relationship with Jesus. Mm. That changed everything for me. As I began to get into the Word and I get into prayer, I mean, my prayer life changed. It was it kind of changed into help me be useful. Um, yeah, I need your help with this and that and that, but help me be useful. Help me be fruitful. The other thing was in the Bible, I mean, I just really got, you know, I just really started to spend some time. I wanted to know who God was. And it was the first, it's not that I hadn't read the Bible before, but this was something new. And uh, I had a breakthrough. 
uh, and I'm a slow study. This was seven years later. <laughs> okay, I had a breakthrough, and I read this scripture in James, and it just changed everything for me. I'm, well, you know, I'm telling you, life was. I want to just read this real quick. Just my my paraphrase is: is don't be deceived. You actually need to do something. Uh, but um, remember, it's a message to obey. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. Okay, a little further on it goes on and it talks about, you know, maybe what um, a relationship, uh, a, a true religion with, with, with God might be is do, helping orphans and widows. And I thought, orphans? <laughs> I don't know. It was just, uh, I was really wanting to do something. And I was just like, pick something. Uh, God led us to this great organization, um, really Christ at the center of it. And uh, we began to just start giving. We had this kind of idea of giving and volunteering. We had this idea that um, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. And uh, we started actually giving ex extravagantly. Um, and we volunteer. We started spending summers in this organization overseas. And then all of a sudden, they, everything changed on us. It's like, well, hold it just a second. They asked me to come on staff. Like, no, 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 no. This is not... I was real comfortable. You know, we'd been doing this for a few years. I liked the idea of giving. I didn't want to all of a sudden be the asker. That wasn't what I had in mind. This just terrified me. I mean, I was terrified. I was thinking I was going to be the provider, and God's the provider. But here, my wife, Sylvia, is praying for me. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was praying that he would accept the job. And um, one of the things was that I knew that it was something that was uh, another aspect to me of courageous faith is that it's going to be probably outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And so him giving up his job, the money, I mean, that was outside his comfort zone. And so yeah. Yeah. I knew <laughs> that I couldn't convince him to do that. It was so obvious God was calling us to this that I knew that the only way it was going to happen is if he said yes. Uh. And so I, that's what I was praying for. Yeah. yeah. It took me a long while. Uh, they'd asked me before the summer if I would come on staff. We went to Uganda for the summer. The very last Sunday I was there, I was preaching in front of a large church. And um, I had a message. And, and the last element of this message was on obedience. And right then, I'm there. And God just laid it on me. He says, oh, you can preach about it, but you won't do it. Oh, like, and okay. I, I confessed it right there in front of, I mean, just like, I had lots of points about obedience. Uh, but I, I knew, and I looked over at Sylvia, I said, I mean, she just knew, I mean, we knew that was it. Uh, three days later, we were back in the States, and this, this I want to call her a little person. I mean, she, she didn't even know, who, you know, who I was, so to speak. You know, and I said, yes. I did not know how. This terrified me. But only after I said yes, then God provided the way. Only after I said yes, he provided the way. I just, um, and I mean, a guy asked me, he says, so tell me again. I mean, this is a guy I'd worked with for 30 years. And he says, tell me again. You don't have any salary. You don't have a stipend. You don't have insurance. What are you doing? I'm in a company that's taking off. I mean, just like a bottle rocket. I mean, it, it's you're going to leave this and do what? Yeah. And, uh, but he, I shared, you know, he knew. He was a believer, but he just couldn't believe it. 
maybe he knew me too much. But uh, what I want to just kind of sum this up with is God gave abundantly. He didn't only just give to provide for us. I mean, that guy, he said, okay, well, we're going to support you and let me call this other guy. And he's going to, we're going to take care of you. God, God provided through people we knew, people we didn't know, people we asked and people we didn't ask. Mm. He provided an abundance more than just saying that there was a whole ministry site built in, ju in just one country in Uganda that has kids from nursery to high school, 700 kids go to there every day, transforming their nation. I mean, it's a look at what God has done. And we're full of joy. It wasn't us, but anyway. Yeah. Let's say, but by saying yes, it changed everything. It was something that I couldn't figure out. I could not do it on my own. It was God. Wow. Somehow you crammed 10 years of, <laughs> of life experience into you know, five yeah. minutes. And I get it, man. It's a lot. And uh, well, here's the thing. Let's try and like make this about all of us in the sense of like, how can you guys help us? If we're struggling with the idea of uh, we want to be courageous, we want to be faithful, but it's hard, um, what would you say to anybody in here just to encourage them on and how they live out their courageous faith? Um, I think the first thing we do is we pray and we ask God to open our eyes and our hearts to see how he's working mm. and how we can maybe participate in that. Um, yeah, so we pray, yeah. and we keep praying, and keep looking, and keep our eyes and, uh, and our hearts open. Um, another thing we do is we look for like-minded people. I think we don't like, uh, we think we're stronger together, and so we look for people to, to come alongside. We look for organizations that are doing things that, mm -hmm. that is obviously in the will of God, and we join them. Mm -hmm. And so that's uh, a couple of the things that, that we do. Um, the other thing that, for me personally, is, you know, he said it took him a really long time to say yes to that, that big ask, and that was a big one. But it scared me at the time that if we don't say yes when it's so clear that the Holy Spirit is asking us to do something, if we don't say yes, we may stop hearing mm. the voice. And I don't ever want that to happen. And so for me, if I'm prayed up and I get asked to do something, I need to say yes right away. Wow. And then, and, and it's usually something I, don't, I really don't want to do, maybe. And, yeah. or I don't know how. That's not, it's outside of my comfort zone. But then, God, it, it's amazing. Every single time, he shows up and he gives me what I need in order to do that thing he's asked. Yeah, so. that's so good. You know, I know you guys in your life, it's been... Um, I just know how you live. I know that, you know, you guys care about, you said yes to a lot of things. It's taking care of refugees in our city. It's inviting people into your home. It's taking care of missionaries, taking care of single moms, sharing Jesus with people all the time, having people live with you. I mean, it's, it's crazy, um, really, this, the, the ministry that God has used um, through you guys beyond just this big yes that you said, you know, 10 years ago or however many years it's been now. Um, and we just thank you for that. And so I just thought it would be cool if you, Sylvia, would just pray over our church, just pray like, a prayer of courageous faith over us, because um, that's what we all want, and it's hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's humble ourselves and pray. Lord, we are thankful. We are thankful for your church. We are thankful for this body of believers. 
And God, we just ask that you pour out on this body of believers your spirit, that you would give each one in here the courageous faith to go out and do your work, to see where you're working, Lord, and to join you. God, we know that uh, there are so many stories of faith in the Bible. Lord, I just pray that we would read those stories and we would believe that we can do it with your help. We know, Lord, that none of this is going to be without you. And we pray always that it brings you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you give it up for Andy and Sylvia? Appreciate you guys. Well, I mean, love them so much. And what they share really sets us up perfectly for where we're going to head today with the message. Uh, But if you've been with us, you know that we're in this series called Live the Values which we're talking about just the things that we care about as a church, the things that we're all about, the things that we value here. Um, and so I just want to put those on screen because these are the things, if you're, so if you're like, what's OKC Community all about? We're about this. We're about reaching people, extravagant love, passionate devotion, courageous faith, spiritual family, and doing things that matter. That's what we're about around here. We're about other things, but we start with that list of things just because we have to start somewhere and we want to share our heart. And this is how we describe courageous faith. We've written it like this. We are high faith. God can do anything people. So we courageously trust God for provision, breakthrough, healing, and miracles. Who can get with that, right? I want, I want, and, and, and I'm, I'm just going to pray. I'm praying. I've been praying that this morning that this, the Holy Spirit would just encourage your heart today. Because I know that the idea of being a God can do anything person, that is not, that's not easy to do. That's, that, that takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of courageous faith because here's what I know is that it's not popular in our world today to believe in a God who can do anything. It's not progressive. It's not, it's not always intelligent to believe in a God who can do anything, right? I mean, secularism, postmodernism, all these isms out there, they're trying to do everything they can to, to eliminate matters of sacred and spiritual from the world and from our life. And, and we get that we're in this battle, but we have these scriptures that we come to where we are, we're reminded that God really can do anything, that there can be impossible situations. Like, like Andy was sharing even about how he provides immeasurably more. But you guys know this, Matthew 19, 26 says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Ephesians 3.20 says it this way, God can do anything. God can do anything. Far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us deeply and gently within us. That's the message version of that scripture. I love the way it's written. I want to read the NIV version as well, because it starts like this. You may be familiar with this language. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. I'm going to stop right there because I want to talk about the scripture for just a moment. But this is exactly the, the idea of God doing more than we can imagine. Like he can do anything. This, Paul brings us, he, he begins this verse with this simple word. God is able. God is able. I mean, God does things, doesn't he? He's able to do quite a bit. And, and sometimes when I'm praying, I actually pray this prayer like God I only, I only ask because I believe you can. I believe you're able. I, I, don't, I don't ask because, because I'm hopeful. I ask because I believe and I want to have faith that you're able. I can't do this, only you can. And when I've prayed that prayer, I've seen God do amazing things through it. 
Now here it says, him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Now the word immeasurably is a good word. In the Greek, it's a very descriptive word. It means superabundance in quantity and quality. Who doesn't like quantity and quality? That's the way I like my pizza. Right? I, I need quality first. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not down with the CC's buffet anymore in life. I'm not down with the $1 Totino's frozen pizza. That's not happening. I need quality. I need OKC's best pizza coming at me. But I also, but it's pizza, guys. I need quantity. I want to eat till my body hurts. Y'all know what I'm saying? Pizza is pizza. I need quantity and quality. Now, here's this, this is what this verse is saying, but it's even better because it's not even just, it's not about pizza. All right? So perhaps we could say it this way. Now, to him who is able to do, I'm just going to paraphrase, far more super abundantly in quantity and quality than all we ask or imagine on the screen according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Everyone say generations. generations. Forever and ever, amen. Now, this verse has been used and abused because a lot of times what we do with this verse is we claim it for ourselves and we say, oh, God's going to give me all, everything that I want, my wildest dreams, I can go to God, I can ask for them. But that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, he's saying he will do more than we ask or imagine for his glory. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, it's for his glory. <laughs> Let me ask you, when is the last time when is the last time you sat down and began dreaming and praying about how God could use you for his glory? My guess is it's been a minute since you prayed. I want to be used for your glory, for the, for the glory of your church for generations to come. You see, if you prayed a prayer like that, Lord, use me for your glory for generations to come, it would almost be like you're praying, Lord, I want to make history. Yeah? Lord, Lord I want to... I want, to, I want to change my city. Yeah, that's what that prayer is saying. By the way, Ephesians 3 is a prayer. Paul is praying. It ended with amen. Paul is praying this prayer, and he is saying, I want this. I want to be used for your glory. God put me smack dab in the middle of a life that more is happening than I can even imagine. It's unexplainable. And Lord, you're doing all things, because all things are possible through you. So this is the prayer that he's praying, not only for himself, but for each of us. So when I, when I ask, when's the last time we pray that, I wonder if we don't pray it, because deep down inside, a lot of us struggle to believe that Ephesians 3 is actually for us. And what I mean by that is we are like, we all believe and like the idea that God can do anything. I can get a hearty amen to, can God do anything? Yes. But we struggle to imagine and believe that God can do anything through us or with us. For example, if I said, do you believe God could, God could bring revival to your neighborhood? Most people say, of course, God can do anything. And if I said, do you believe God can bring revival to your neighborhood through you? Well, that's where we get a little bit like, I mean, hopefully I can get a little help. I don't know, like maybe, maybe my neighbor, I don't know, like through me, what do you mean, me, just me? Like, and so we start to think God can't do anything through me. He can do anything, but not, but not for, through me. He doesn't, he be, here's the prayer though, right? It's for his glory. It's not about you. And so if you're worried, like I'm making it about me, if it's for his glory, that's what God wants to do. I wanted to get the heart of this today because I, I believe if we can get into the heart of what it means to be a courageous person, it actually has a lot to do with our faith, doesn't it? 
and believing that God can do anything. Because I know in my own life, fears look to stop me all the time. And when our faith is afraid, our courage gets robbed. That's just the way it is. And I, I want to put that thought on screen today because I believe it's, it might be that our faith is afraid. And when our faith is afraid, our courage gets robbed. We all get scared in life. We all get afraid. We all have fears. And I'm obviously talking a little bit more than just the phobia, the common phobias that we have. But even in those lists, those top 10 common fears, there's something alive in that that's kind of subtle that I think can show us something about what we're so afraid of. But if you Google up a list, you know, of top 10 fears, you'll find all sorts of lists. And here's one of them right here. Number 10, I'm just going to throw them on the screen for you. This is the top 10 fears, most common fears. Fear of thunder and lightning. Now, I'm not talking about these two, but... <clears throat> Number nine. Number nine. <clears throat> Number nine, the fear of open spaces. That wasn't even that funny. You guys are too easy. The fear of open spaces. Number eight. Number eight, the fear of confined spaces. Number nine and number eight need to get together. They need to help each other out. Number seven, the fear of flying. Number six, the fear of people in social situations. It's kind of dawned on me. Probably those people aren't here today. <laughs> number five, fear of heights. Number four, the fear of darkness. Number three, the fear of spiders. Who can get with that? Arachnophobia. Yeah, that movie was crazy. Number two, fear of death. Number one, the fear of public speaking. Probably why I throw open my mouth a little bit every Sunday. Okay, so here's the deal. This list is not true. You guys know that, right? This is not true. Because this is saying that more people are afraid of public speaking than they are to die. I'm just telling you, if I said, hey, get up on the stage, you got 15 minutes to speak or you can die, there's going to be a line of people ready to speak. Right? But there's, subtle, there's something subtle happening in this list. Let's think about it this way. I mean, why do, why do you think, why, why do people say I'm more afraid of speaking in front of other people than I am of dying? What's this fear really about? The truth is we are not afraid of public speaking. We are actually afraid of one another. That's what we're afraid of. Why in the world would human beings say, I'm afraid of public speaking more than I am afraid of death because we actually have the fear of being rejected by one another. And public speaking puts that on display in a very unique way, doesn't it? So we're terrified of one another. What are you going to think of me? What are you going to say about me? What if I look stupid? What are they going to think? Yeah, I mean, and there's something about when you get rejected I mean, if I was going to ask you a story in your life of when you were rejected, I can think of a story in my life when I, was, when I experienced some form of rejection. There's nothing, there's nothing more um, challenging to the things that we are called to do than the impact of rejection. Meaning, I will personally, I will personally question everything God's called me to do when people reject me for the things that I'm doing. Even if God said, hey, I can do anything. Reje rejection produces a fear within us because we don't want to ever feel that pain again, right? So to deal with that, we normalize the fear. 
We normalize it and we just live with it. We just kind of figure out how to deal with it. We don't actually, we don't actually overcome the fear. We adapt to the fear, right? We normalize our fears in order to live with them. So we put protective things up in our life. We figure out how to avoid it. We figure out how to stay away with it. And we just live with the fear and say, well, I'm not going <laughs> to do any public speaking, for example. I, we live with the fear instead of overcome them. So our faith is afraid, which means our courage gets robbed. And maybe you're like, well, I don't know if my faith is afraid. We're going we're gonna to keep walking through this. But quick survey if we're going to talk about being robbed. How many have ever been, ro been robbed? You ever been robbed of something? Anybody in the room? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when I was a teenager, I had a watch stolen from me out of my gym bag, really big robbery, in the locker room. And, and about a week later, I saw that watch on one of my classmates' wrists. And I know it was my watch. Now, this dude was a little bit bigger and definitely a lot more tougher than me. And so I walked up to him with all the courage I had, and I said, nice watch, man. I wish I had a watch like that. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I just got it. And I said, I know. <laughs> and then we had this awkward stare. And then I went and got a new watch. <laughs> Getting robbed steals you. It, it robs you of all of your confidence. It leaves you vulnerable. It leaves you feeling weak. And now, if you've ever experienced a real robbery, you're going to be on to watch and like a house has ever been broken into or perhaps you've been mugged or something crazy like that. It leaves you vulnerable and you become more protective from that point forward. And when you've been robbed of something... You feel a lot less confidence, there's a lot less boldness, because you want to protect what you have and not experience what happened again. So instead of boldness and instead of confidence, we start investing in security. And so practically speaking to me, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, upgrade the alarm system at the house, or I'm going to have my mace on standby, I'm going to get the baseball bat, I'm going to get the gun, whatever I need to protect myself, all while fear increases. See, we adapt to the fear instead of overcome it. And so, by the way, you can get a, you know, get your alarm system, all that kind of stuff, that's cool, whatever. I'm not talking about that, right? But spiritually speaking, we do the same thing. We invest in security. And so we play it safe by not putting ourselves out there relationally, and so we keep people at a, at a distance because we don't want to experience rejection. We play it safe with our callings instead of going after what we really feel called to, we, we come up with an alternative plan that seems a little more safe and, and we just continue to kind of push the calling, you know, down the road, kick the can. We ignore the little Holy Spirit nudges we have every day. You know, daily, the Holy Spirit's gonna nudge us, go talk to that person, say something to that person, be kind to that person, pray to that person. We ignore it because it feels like it's a little too courageous. And we, we don't seriously consider what a courageous faith could look like. And, and as this is happening, our courage is getting robbed as we live a life that's just more self-protected. And you may be thinking, and I get this, Tim, you may, you may be thinking, Tim, I, you don't know what I've been through and the rejection that I've faced in my life. And you know what? I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't claim to. I, I'm just here to encourage us today, and, and I really want the Holy Spirit to impart some faith and some courage today. That's my hope. You guys remember the story in Matthew 14, right? The disciples are in a boat. You'll know what story I'm talking about in a minute. They're in a boat, they're in the middle of a storm, and it's the middle of the night. How many of you guys would be afraid in that situation, in a boat, in the middle of the night, 
in the middle of a storm. Well, this is the scene. But you got to remember, we just read a few minutes ago, Ephesians 3.20, God can do anything. Matthew 14, verse 25 says this, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. This is, this is a God-can-do-anything moment. Jesus is walking on water, right? Praise God. All things are possible with God. He can do immeasurably more. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were amazed. They were blown away. They started to sing, anything is possible. <laughs> no. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. Everyone say, take courage. He said, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. You see, when our faith is afraid, our courage gets robbed. Now, just so you know, I'm not one of those people who likes to shame people in their fear. I actually believe we are going to experience fear in this world. Like, I don't want you to feel like just because we have fear that it means that you lack faith or that it's some sort of weakness. Here's the thing. We're going to be afraid of things in life. It's going to happen. God talks too much about fear in the scriptures for not to be something he know we will experience. You could say it this way. To be human means to be afraid. It's why God says time and time again in the scriptures, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. We read it sometimes through um, sort of that shame-based theology where we think he's correcting us. But he's actually, if you read the context of almost every time that, Je or that God or Jesus says, do not be afraid, it's not a form of correction. It's a form of encouragement in the midst of fear. Yeah. He's like, listen, I want to encourage you. I'm with you. Do not be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. So we will have fear. We will experience the effects of fear. But we have to remember that courage is not the absence of fear. You've probably heard this before. But courage is the willingness to move forward in the presence of fear. Yesterday was 9-11. And I don't know about you, but I was, I was able to watch a few of the, um, the television shows this week about 9-11. It's a very emotional day to remember and to think about. Uh, and, but we all agree that the, the courage of the firemen, the rescue workers, and, and everyday citizens like those on United Flight 93 they will forever be etched in our memories, won't they? <clears throat> Just a powerful day of courage. Courage is the willingness. It's the willingness to move forward in the presence of fear. I just had that, that picture yesterday of the people that did that. Courage is inspiring. And 9-11, as much as it is a day of tragedy and horror and, and terror, it's also one of the greatest days of courage and unity and love that I've ever experienced in my life. Seeing what God did, seeing what people did. And that's what courage produces. It produces inspiration, it produces unity, it produces love, it also produces sacrifice and humility and the power to overcome evil. That's what, that's what courage does. But again, we've normalized, we've normalized our fears and we're allowing fear to write our stories. That's what's happening in so many of our lives. We adapt to fear, and I want to encourage you today that Jesus wants to liberate you from your fears. Our fears of rejection, our fears of failure, and our fear of one another. So what are you really afraid of? I want you to get real today. Get real with the Lord. What are you really afraid of?
He understands that you're going to be afraid. God understands that you're going to experience fear. But he says, take courage. Do not be afraid. We know the story, right, in Matthew 14. If you've been around church very much, if you're new to church, you might not know this story. But this story of Jesus walking on water, well, it picks back up. The disciples, they're terrified. And then Peter replies, the disciple Peter replies in, in verse 28. He said, Lord, if it's you, because remember what did they thought? They thought he was a ghost, right? Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. God can do anything, right? You know, one of the things that's always stood out to me about this story, and probably to you too, is that Peter is the only one who stepped out of the boat, right? It's, he's the only one who stopped paddling and fighting the storm on his own and trying to get through. He's the only one who quit trying to do it under his own strength, and he's the only one that believed that God could do anything. Everyone else stayed in the boat, didn't they? They kept paddling, and they remained in the boat believing that their little raft was the safest place to be. They believed that that boat was safer uh, staying and in, confined into what is normal than in stepping out of what is normal into the impossibility with Jesus. They were just like, I'm not sure about that. And I just want to say there's no shame in, in this because I think that most of us are boat people, right? I so desperately want to relate with Peter. I want to be the Peter guy in this story that steps out of the boat. But what I usually am is I'm more like James or Andrew sitting in the boat, gripping the paddle, trying to fight my way through on my own, looking over at Peter, afraid of that ghost that he's talking into. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? What's he doing? At best, at best, I'm a boat person that God is changing into a courageous person. That's at best. But I believe that that's what our journey can be. That God wants to turn all of us into courageous people. We start out as boat people. And we can become courageous people. And Peter stepped out of that boat. And if you follow the tra trajectory of his life, um, he wasn't perfect. He had some epic failures. He had some of the most courageous moments, though, in church history. Peter actually became known for his courage. You know, later, just skipping ahead in his story all the way to the book of Acts, he had a, another step out of the boat moment. It wasn't a literal boat, but he had a moment in which he had to believe that God could do anything. He saw this man who needed to be healed, and he, and he believed that God could do it. And so he prayed healing over this man. This man was paralyzed. Now he could walk. And this, this takes the whole city of Jerusalem and puts it into an uproar of praise, but also of disbelief and doubt and, 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 and wonder. And that's what happens when God moves, by the way, is that some people believe and some people don't, right? And it creates this, this tension. And this is where they're at. And as a result, Peter's arrested and he's put into, into, uh, into, this, into this jail. And, and while he's being accused, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in this moment, Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And here's what I want to encourage you with today is don't let fear stop you from a life that has clearly been with Jesus. God wants you to use your life for his glory, for generations to come. That's what he wants to do. And so I do, I do want to help you get real today. It's a pretty simple thought, but it's, it's really deep in our hearts. But the question is, what are you really afraid of? I want you to pull out your phone or if you have a pen or, or 
paper and you can write this question. I want you to write that question down. And I would hope that you could answer it even today before you leave. But if you need to sit with it for some time, sit with it. But I want you to ask yourself, what am I really afraid of? Am I afraid of other people? Am I afraid of rejection? Am I afraid of disappointment? Am I, am I afraid of failure? Am I afraid of losing something? I've sought with, sat with this question and I've started to identify the fears in my life and, I, and, and, it, and they're real. They're real. They keep me hemmed in. They keep, they keep me believing that, yeah, sure, God can do anything, but I don't know if God can do anything with me. Remember, when our faith is afraid, our courage will get robbed. So I want you to identify your fear and I want you to write it down. So that's why I say, hey, I want you to write this question in your phone. And then the, the second question, the follow-up question is this. What is one courageous step you can take in the presence of that fear? I want you to write that question down too. What's one courageous step you can take in the presence of that fear? Because courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness to move forward in the presence of fear. Today, my hope is to help you step towards a life of courageous faith. A life not controlled by fear, not hemmed in by protecting ourselves from what we're afraid of, or protecting ourselves from one another. Don't let fear control you. Instead, invest in courage. <laughs> I was thinking about this message and I was just thinking as I, I'm about to pray, but I was like, this is kind of kindergarten level stuff, but it's not. But kindergarten, like literally like people would just follow God, trust God in the face of fear. I just believe we'd have an outrageously wonderful life. Like that's so simple. Am I really going to preach that? Maybe not everyone would like what you do if you do it. Maybe not everyone would accept who you are. Maybe people would disagree with your choices. Because here's what I know, you will experience rejection along a life along a life of courageous faith. You just will. It comes with the territory, but, but God will prove himself to you time and time again if you will be bold enough to trust him with whatever you, whatever you fear. So I'm encouraging you today to step out, to be bold, to follow the voice of God in your life, whatever it is, because it never ceases to amaze me how God enables a person to do extraordinary things if they'll just step out. So when I say we are high faith, God can do anything people. Maybe it's just as simple as God, we're gonna, we're gonna trust you even when it's hard and when I'm afraid, I'm gonna step out of what's normal into the things that seem impossible with you. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we just want to ask you to move today, move in our hearts. I pray that even as we sit with these questions, that, that you would help us identify the, the fears that we have, that we won't be controlled by them. I pray for any person in here that just, that just needs to uh, even deal with this, this topic we brought up of rejection, that, Father, if 
they've been rejected, that there be a restoration today, a belief that, Father, you, you have a plan with their life. And so, Lord, I just pray that you, we would bring all this to the feet of Jesus today. Bring our fears, bring our worries, bring our, even as we sang earlier today, the things that we struggle to believe. We just want to bring it to the feet of Jesus today and ask that you would help us be courageous with it. Help us take that courageous step to trust you. And I just want to close with this. Perhaps today the courageous step you need to take is to say yes to Jesus. If that's where you're at today, I want to encourage you to do it. And you can just say a prayer. You can say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I don't want to be afraid anymore. I don't want to, I want to be cautious about saying yes to you. I want to surrender my life to you. You can just pray that. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. You can just whisper that to him right now. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. I, I want to live for you. I confess you, our Lord. I ask for forgiveness of my sin. Those are the prayers. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. I ask for forgiveness of my sin. I want to live for you. You can pray that to him. Lord, we love you, and we just pray that as we respond for these next few minutes, there will be a time in which you would just reveal what you want to reveal today. Holy Spirit, move in this time in your name. Amen. Well, this altar's open, and during this time of um, worship, I encourage you, you may want to sit, and you just may want to write or type or whatever some answers to those questions. You may want to come to the altar, pray right here, and just say, Lord, I want to bring these things to the feet of Jesus today. We want to allow this time to be a time for you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.